1: You're listening to A Little Bit Dusty, all things country, rural and outback Australia. Grab a hot or cold one and enjoy the conversation ahead. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of A Little Bit Dusty. Thank you very, very much for joining us. I'm your host Tyson Godden and in this episode we continue our chat with Scott Graham talking about Australian pork, is free-range pig farm Booker pork in Lawrence and also why we're not seeing as much Australian pork on our supermarket shelves. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen, then jump back on here to follow it through. So here's part two. Enjoy the episode.
2: Make that mistake, learn from it and move on. And that's, you know, that's not just farming, that's small business, that's life in general.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you're learning from each experience along the way, I suppose. Yes, yes. Yeah, um. Now this is kind of the real crux of it, or the crux of my inquiry, at least. Over the last, yep. probably three or four years, I've noticed that um, every time I've gone to you know go get bacon or you know a shoulder or a bloody leg or ham or whatever, in your main supermarkets like Coles and Woolies, I'll usually flip the packet over just to kind of a bit of a read and sure you see that Australian made logo on the side, but the little ruler next to it, you know, if it's in yellow, uh, it says 100% Australian ingredients, but a lot of them are finding it says made from either twelve or 21% Australian ingredients. Now, to me, that just seems like that's the packaging and whatever water or liquid they have to keep it, you know, to give it shelf life. But that, that just, that means that we're importing foreign, you know, foreign pork. I'm just really uh, puzzled by that. I just, I just want to know what the, what the go was. You know, why are we, uh, why, are we impo- why are we importing yeah. pork from overseas? What do you, what's, what do you reckon's the it, go there?
2: Oh, uh, look, it's, uh, You, you ask any pork uh, producer—that's us with you know 25 sows that we have, right through to the big uh, indoor Uh, producers—they'll all have the same feedback: is that you know it's um, it's it's just a it's a sad state of affairs when we produce this much, you know, such a large proportion of pork. Uh, I think it's uh, I think going back to like 2020 or 2019. um, Pork made up about twenty two percent of our of, of our diet in in protein. Um, I think beef at about twenty four. Chickens, you know, it's like almost fifty percent um, because so pork's of the price.
1: gone Up and up quite recently as the main almost the main protein for a lot of people.
2: Pork's definitely gone up. I mean, comparatively, it's certainly cheaper than beef and lamb. Um, so uh, I, I look, at it. you can. You, there's two types of pork, right? So you're, you're going to buy in a, in a shop. You're going to buy fresh pork, or you're going to buy processed pork or cooked pork. Um, it's 70% of all processed pork, be it be cooked or you know or, or, or smoked or anything like that. Um, 70% of all of that pork that you see on the shelves is going to come from overseas. Um, with the little ruler that you see the and the uh, little kangaroo and the and the little ruler, uh, if it's not 90% um what's it's it's 89% or lower um you know that that pork has come from overseas all right so um it's very hard to like you know, we make our bacon from our our ham um you know not all of that product will come from australia which invariably will be you know the brine products that you you, know, you use to um ah. to uh, to make your bacon and and ham with Um, But like I know that you can buy um, already made or ready to cook pulled pork um, and that could come from from overseas because we have um, obviously you know Australia one of the benefits of living on an island um, is that you know we can hopefully you know um, we can keep all those foreign diseases uh, away from our shores. I think everyone would have heard of African swine fever and devastation of I think something like thirty percent of uh, the world's um, herd population has been had to be destroyed um, yeah. because of uh, ASF, and we really need to keep it because it's at our it's at our doorsteps. It's been you know it's been found in, in PNG, um, yeah. You know, we really need to keep it out. So it's been quite a worry uh, about that for a while, hey? Sure, sure, absolutely, and um, and so we need to make sure that. know from a disease um point of view by security point of view we want to keep you know we want to keep that that away um but we also want to you know we want to support our local producers and and i think that people don't fully get it they they don't get it if they see i think if they think that's it got 50 percent australian made in australia then it's uh it's it's been made in australia from australian uh meat but it's not that's not the case um so yeah something like a total percent uh I think forty-five uh, percent of all pork that's consumed um, comes from overseas,
1: and that's what, because of the brine. But any and, fresh
2: pork, mm-hmm. any fresh pork will be Australian,
1: right? So it's, I just wonder what the um, the process of or the the method of processing pork is because if it's only if it comes down to the brine and other things they use that we're not using here, is that the main reason why it's coming from overseas? Like, can we not do that process here in Australia?
2: I think um, in in trying to research myself, what um, you know why we import so much pork, um, and I think if you have a look at it, uh, I think you know the bulk of our pork gets brought in from the US, from Canada, um, and some of the European Union and nations like like Denmark. Um, But I think you know there's there's this um, somewhere along the line we've probably um, taken in cheaper pork um as part of a trade deal somewhere along the line ah, okay. and um so so yeah the bulk of the price pressure comes from probably from the u.s um, importation um you know we're very closely aligned in many ways with the u.s so we've probably uh, taken you know some really cheap pork so um and our fluctuations are our herd i mean our herd size globally is less than one percent um and uh and so you know there's 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 a lot of pigs yeah you know, across the globe and and we just have such a small portion of it um but we've got certainly got enough pork to to certainly feed ourselves we only export uh 10% of our total um uh produced pork uh, annually so okay. and, and we import we import about 45% of it so um yeah that does, doesn't necessarily make sense um you know what can you do? I mean, you could try to control the controllables. Um, and for us, you know we don't certainly not competing against the um the intensive um, pig industry. Um, you know we're just trying to carve out uh, what we can do and and trying to you know to uh, educate the people that we can through our social media and through face- to-face when we go to the markets um, and and explain that you know um, try and support local producers. And, and and indeed and within that uh, that the, the pork industry trying to support free range pig producers because it's a yeah it's certainly a um it's, you, know, you, you get, you're battling a fair few headwinds to be able to make a profit yeah absolutely um, yeah hmm.
1: does does having uh foreign pork in you know the australian meat market have an impact on say on you guys or or the prices or the fluctuation and that sort of thing as well because i mean it sounds like uh, the overseas pork we're importing is to you know obviously for a pricing for a trade deal with whatever country but um, it's to have that consumption that availability still there does that have a bit of an impact for for you guys with your prices and you know having to kind of uh you know follow the the market I suppose
2: oh there's always a part of that I know certainly during the drought um, when you know certainly the big and probably not so much from an overseas point of view because it's 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 only cooked pork that is you know that we're that we're importing. It's yep. it's the salamis. It's um, it's bacon. It's ham. It could be things like pulled pork that's already been cooked and um, and and dealt with there to to remove um, any potential diseases. So um, so in our in the fresh pork market, um, the biggest um, driver for for us and in, in our pricing um, when we were sort of getting established um was the drought and it was it was about you know the pressure on the small uh, like the larger producers to um just try and cover their costs at least so pork prices came down because there was an oversupply of pork um at the same time there was Ah. the drought and you know those sort of two two pressures um yeah if you have a look at Australian pork production over you know 50 years even just a 20 or 30 year cycle so it goes up and down, up and down Yeah, right. Uh, we'll have have you know, as you reach oversupply. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting I'm, I you know, I'm, I don't come from a, um, uh, from a background of, of knowing, you know, that the economics of it all, but yeah, you can clearly sort of see the sort of the ups and downs as, um, as you know, both drought and, and oversupply um, and then the, you know, the ensuing undersupply as, as farmers um, re, you know, reduce their herd um, to try and you know to, to bring things back into balance um, but it's never sort of got to that point where it's sort of it can balance out without going through massive swings and roundabouts. Yeah so for us you know we were trying to even though you know we had a lot of uh, um, butchers that we, we were supplying to at the time to say to us you know we really want free-range product because you, know, you know we're having a more educated uh, consumer coming through and they want to know about the welfare of animals um, they you know invariably we're able to get their pig carcasses a lot lot cheaper from an indoor piggery and try and you know manage consumer um, demand for, for the free-range product by just you know giving them you know much lower prices and so yeah Uh, but we just you know we know that we can't compete against it and uh and it was probably at that point we decided that we had to start to sell to the you know directly to the public and tell our own story and not rely on the butcher to to tell our story um from a butcher's perspective he's got all these all these different species um sitting in his in his store that he needs to you know needs to sell he's he's got lamb he's got beef he's got pork he's got chicken yeah you know you might have turkey you'll have other things um you know he just doesn't have time to just to sit with the consumers to talk to them about free range pork whereas we can um that's we. that's all we do that's all we sell and uh and you know we try and tell our story like i said through our if you look at our our instagram you can sort of see we, we try and tell a story about how we raise our animals through through um through the visuals um both sort of stills and videos um, we know that ultimately, you know that those pigs will, well, the bulk of those pigs will end up um, being slaughtered for our consumption. But um, and and you know we we probably sort of sit in that boat of uh, eat less, eat less of the better stuff, and you'll still spend the same amount of money. And um, you know if we can get everyone, everyone mm-hmm. thinks like that, uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll go a long way to you know protecting certainly the. Um, new, Unfortunately, for for these uh, heritage pigs uh, breeds that have you know almost reached extinction, if you don't consume them, you know, that's how they go into extinction. Uh, you know that's the sort of the irony of it is that you know you've got to uh, consume them to to keep yeah, them right. to breed because that's how you, you know, you'll get them back in, and getting small farmers like us and other farmers around Australia to to breed them back into healthy numbers, um, but you have to consume them um, to you know to keep them coming through. So uh yeah it's it's a um it's certainly an interesting um conversation around you know um, plant-based meat and and you know uh eating animals and what they do to the environment but uh, i think we we need to do um yeah like everything you do everything in moderation so just don't keep consuming heaps and heaps of meat or heaps and heaps of plant-based anything um and yeah we'll probably go a long way to to also um, managing obesity in the world too. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Especially in the developed countries. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, but the temptation is always there to have that extra little serving. So for everyone to have a bit more uh, control, yeah, the, yeah. Of the better stuff is. Um...
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right?
1: I think what you're saying before, yeah, it's important to tell your story. I've um, had a squeeze on the uh, Mirabook Instagram page, and you guys really have that, you know, personal touch and you know, putting your experiences and uh, out there, so everyone can kind of get a bit more of a, a relationship with either the pig or the farm they're in, so they can really have a bit more of an understanding of how they're raised. So, in amongst uh, that, and you guys uh, selling your pork at the markets, I uh, reckon that was the push for that. Um, you know, the Australian get some more pork on your fork out as well to try and. Uh, convince everyone to have more of that Australian-owned and lo- you know, local kind of focus?
2: Yeah, look, uh, absolutely. I think that uh, it, there's been s- several media campaigns that Australian Pork have, um, have, have put together over the years, uh, you know, get more pork on your fork, which is you know, obviously got to, uh, you know, I think everyone, kno- everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Um, ring to it. <laughs> and, uh, and I think there's it, also been probably lesser um, known by a lot of people is the Pork Star, what uh, you know, with various chefs around uh, Australia have uh, contributed to uh, various recipes. Um, to, to I guess highlight, you know, the use of the pork and and how how much of that animal of a you know how much of a pig can be consumed and how much can be eaten and and used. Um, and you know, it's not just the traditional cuts. Uh, you know, the, your primals, you know, legs. Everyone knows legs, back legs for for hams. Um, and and the loins and the shoulders and all that yeah but, but every part yep. of the pig just about every part of the pig can can be um can be cooked and, and consumed in some way which makes it a very you know just it's such a great animal um yeah wow. you know, to, to, to to feed many males so um yeah i think that the the, the pork on your fork yeah, and, and other sort of campaigns like that are yeah, basically driven by the australian pork limited um I guess over time it would be, and this is certainly one of my personal um, uh, ambitions at some point, you know, it's just to be able to, uh, and, and even though it comes at some considerable cost, is to probably uh, do a bit more in the way of um, advertising, you know, the different types of breeds of pigs. and. Uh, and, you know, and given that a lot, you know, most of these heritage bred pigs are only um, farmed in, in, in free range um, pig environments. Oh, really? Uh, whereas, yeah, so it'd be good to, you know, talk about the Berkshire pig, and, and, and it's, it's a probably a very, very small percentage of Australians, you know, know anything about what a per- Berkshire pig looks like, what a Duroc pig looks like uh and all these other breeds um and you know and the different qualities of, of the meat that comes with them so and it'd be lovely to to do that Australian pork limited is uh you know it's its own predominantly um it's you know, it's a member of organization uh but you know it's obviously made up by a lot of the indoor pig um companies you know the big the big producers the big indoor producers and um so we just probably don't sort of see enough um, uh, advertising of you know the different types of pigs and and what they what they can do. So, um, but that you know that's just up to us and what we do. Um, that's mm. probably a little bit contentious with you know a lot of the the, the uh, indoor pig um, the large indoor pig companies. Um, but uh, I guess you know we we can just. Like I said before influence what we can influence and and just talk to talk to people and do it through our socials and um and uh you know, and just build up knowledge uh there's not just a white pig that's out there there's all these other breeds and they all have different sort of flavor profiles um I think that uh if I go back to when I was a kid um pork I really didn't like pork and and I think it was it was almost sort of cooked so there was no life left in it, <laughs> um, because I think we all we all thought that you know there was that you know if you didn't if you didn't cook cook it till it was you know dry. If you don't cook white meat properly, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. you know, pork's not a white meat. Pork pork is a red meat. So. Oh really? Um, nowadays nowadays, okay. yeah, people you know the chefs the chefs will tell you, and um, and and it's pretty well known that you can have a blush of pink in in your pork. Um, obviously, not eating it, not eating it raw, but you can eat it. You can eat it with a blush of pink.
1: That's something I've always got to be careful of as well. But um, so yeah, right, you can actually cook pork to certain grades. That's um, yeah, I didn't really know that.
2: Yeah, it's it's a temperature. You know, it's it's somewhere between yeah, so sixty-eight and seventy degrees internal temperature. Um, and if you can, yeah, you know, once you get to that, you know, if there has got a bit of a blush of pink in it, yeah, you can consume it safely. So um, the the other part of growing up. Um, eating a lot of indoor pork or, por- or pigs, or, you know, pork that's come from pigs from an indoor piggery, is that um, mm-hmm. you know that, they'll be fairly lean. They won't have the, that that sort of same fat uh, profile that you know that the heritage pigs and 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 therefore free range or outdoor pigs will have. Um, okay, you know, we'll we'll have an average fat content, uh, what they call the the fat score, of say twelve to fourteen mils, which is the back fat on on the pig. Mm-hmm um and you know i i everyone i tell and and you, you talk to any chef they'll say fat is equal to flavor and if you don't have that fat
1: absolutely if you don't
2: have that fat profile especially in pork it'll it will be dry and bland mm-hmm. and the number of people that have come yeah. to us and say, either said to us in the past you know we, we, we gave up on pork many years ago or um pork has made me sick um and then they've and i've convinced them to either have pork uh, they will come back and they say, you've converted us. So, um, and a lot of it's to do with the fact that, you know, the, the fat profile in our in our pigs. Um, and it's not to, not really anything to do with the diet. We've just got a standard diet, uh, but it's the breed of the pig and it's the fact that they're running around all the time. You know, those, okay. the, the four quarter meat of, of a pig, so the shoulders or the collar butt, you know, the neck of the pig uh yeah we find in our in our pigs um just absolutely fantastic because you know they're just using that muscle all the time and when you slow cook a shoulder or slow cook a collar butt um and reduce it down over eight hours it's just uh it's it's divine taste so um but it, you find that in in the belly of a pig or in the in the loin of you know, chops or the cutlets um any of that you know it's got nice um back fat on it um, and you just cook it in that fat it's just uh, it's awesome flavor
1: unreal so it sounds yeah it sounds like there's some yeah really important contributing factors to the overall taste and yeah the idea you said before about um the education on the different types of brees and pigs i think that's a great idea because more people are on social media and things like that and people want that access to information just quickly but i think hopefully through conversations like this and you know other people that have having yarn similar if more people Put that focus on education of their food and finding out where it's coming from, um, you know, as a higher priority, then I think, yeah, that'll definitely take off. People definitely be, um, yeah, wanted to be more informed about where it comes from.
2: Oh, I thought, okay. and I think the you know, the, the last, uh, what is it now, almost two years of living through this uh, pandemic, people need to be uh, a lot more, um, uh, curious as to where their, uh, their food comes from and. You know, supply chains have been cut all over the all over the place which has you know done all sorts of things in terms of supply as well as uh price ah, that so they're paying yeah. uh, f- yeah. for their food um yeah need to you know be um you know, ask questions and uh and ask where it comes from and and ask you know the um you know that want to you know we do see people who are very interested in the provenance uh, of their food these days and. Um, yeah, go to any of your local farmers to, in growers market, um, producers market, any of those sort of markets and, and talk to your talk to your farmer or talk to you know, talk to those people. Um, yeah, and and just inquire where it all comes from. And it's it's important, it's important to know. Um, and I'll guarantee you it'll taste better. It might cost a little bit more, but like we're saying, you know, eat eat less of the better stuff and you'll probably still spend the same amount of money. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of markets, um, when did you guys decide to get yourself into um, your local markets there? Um just go and do and have that sort of engagement rather than just going, yep. um, yeah, I'm sticking into the shop. Yeah, look,
2: I think it was yeah, it was it was at that time when we were um you know, there was Australia was in this oversupply uh we knew that we wanted to do it at some point in time and and we were having a lot of trouble dealing we've got a lot of good butchers we've had a lot of good relationships with there's been other where it's it's really been struggling to get paid on time and you know if you don't you know oh, okay. but if you don't get paid on time it's really hard to stay in business so mm. um yeah we just decided that we would have a crack you know we, we've made a few you know we've gone through a different couple of different butchers in the uh, to get to this point, um we've got a great butcher now, Tony Maffey, uh up at Gunalaba, who who, um, who cuts up our pigs and he also makes our bacon and ham and sausages. Um, great guy, um, and you know he's he we send him some pigs and we' give him a spec sheet, and he'll cut up for us. Um, but it was at that point where we just knew that we we just couldn't rely on on butchers to tell the sto- our story uh, around free range. Um, because yeah, like we said, they've got a big store store full of people trying to, you know, push all, all these different types of products. Yeah, yeah. And um, and not only that, we were just, you know, struggling to get them to to tell our story at the same time. And so we thought, no, well, let's let's have a go at it ourselves. Uh the markets at Yamba, which is really our inaugural market, um, which is on every Wednesday morning, is just fantastic. Uh, you know.
1: Is there a fair few people in that one? Yeah,
2: way? yeah, absolutely. There's something like about 35, 40 stalls there now. And um, oh wow! And uh, the lady that runs it, Deb Novak, has done a great job of um, of setting it up and 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 also promoting it locally. And she also looks after the Grafter Markets, which we go to on, on the Thursday afternoon, which is a, a twilight market. Uh, and and we also go to the Bellingen Growers Market on a on a Saturday morning as well. Oh, so nice. we used to do we used to do a bit in Brisbane, but yeah, obviously uh, border controls makes that a lot harder these days. But but you know, really, you know. You, you, you just want those, you know, the food miles to keep as low as possible. You know, we, we want to sell all our, our meat locally. Um, obviously a lot of people holiday in Yamba from all sorts of places. Um, mm. These days it's probably, you know, it's probably from, from the same state. So it's, it's people that have come from out the country or from, up from Sydney um, yep. uh, to holiday and they'll buy our pork and I'll take that away and, and we'll get that feedback. And yeah, so it's a, it's a great, you know even though it's sort of the local markets that, that pork will be eaten and consumed by people that you know don't live in Yamba necessarily although we have a great mm. local um group of people who buy pork from us all the time um it's uh yeah our pork ends up going across and and it's not just about us and our brand and our business um you know i, I, I try and spruik um other free-range pork producers around Around our state and, and, and interstate, because I know how how hard you know it is to to um, to eke out a living. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, so you know it's um, the markets have just been a, a fantastic. It does take a lot more time, takes time for us away from from the farm. Um, but now that my wife and I live at the farm, and between um, us two and and uh, and Jackie's mum Lynn and David, you know, we um, we all take our turns in and going into the markets because it's just it's just a fantastic opportunity to to speak to people and sell our product and and talk it up because we're pretty proud of it
1: yeah absolutely and so you should be given everything you've achieved in the five years of running it nicely Mm -hmm. done we yeah. um, were speaking earlier about uh, the Instagram and the website. Uh, where can people find your Instagram and website and any other bits of uh, info to learn more about Mirrabooka Pork?
2: Yeah, so it's pretty simple. It's Mirrabooka Pork. If you Google it, or, or in Instagram or Facebook, uh, Mirrabooka is M-I-R-R-A-B-O-O-K-A, and it's uh, Aboriginal for uh, Southern Cross. Um, so that's what we named our we named our property Mirrabooka Park, okay. and we did a bit of a rebadging uh, a couple of years ago when we started to sell our product um, to, to just try and make it this sort of upmarket um, product. Um, we relabeled new logo and uh, we call it of Pork. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty simple to find us. Um, yeah, and, and we're on Facebook, Instagram, got our website. Um, you can buy our pork online. Um, we don't we don't deliver everywhere, obviously, but uh, certainly around our region and in the, into Brisbane.
1: Nice one, Scott. I reckon that gets close to wrapping up the end of the episode. Thank you very, very much for joining us and um, sharing your thoughts on you know the, on the pork and uh, overseas pork, and also learning more about Mirabuka. I've had a, a blast having a chat to you. Um, is there anything else that um, you'd like to add, or anything we've missed?
2: No, I think that's been great, Tyson. I really appreciate it. It's, it's it's people like you that can help us spread the word about. Uh, about Australian uh, farmers and and their you know and and uh, and what we produce and, and how how hard we work at it and, and how good it tastes. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, cheers, Scott. I was with another mate of mine on uh, Saturday, uh, Jade, and we I think we're both kind of saying that we're the only two people. Well, I mean, we know from our circle that are having these kind of conversations, being inquired about what's happening with our food and water because. If anything goes south further down the track, it's going to affect everyone my age. Like I'm 28, you know, and my generations before, you know, after that, and after that, and after that. So I'm thinking it'd be important to ask the right questions now to be, you know, in the know of the decisions that are being happening made in the future, yeah. and also to yep. keep the keep the word out for supporting local businesses as well.
2: And I'll spread the word too, mate, because yeah, we do need we do need people to understand uh, a whole lot more about uh, where their food comes from. Um, and everything that makes that food sort of come to you know, to being on their table, and it's it's not just about uh, you know a, um, a, a styrofoam plate sitting in the, you know in the shopping centre. It's it's gone through a whole life cycle to get to that point. So hmm. yeah, need to understand, that be inquisitive, ask the questions, Absolutely. and. Uh, and don't just be satisfied with any answer. If you're not, if you don't think it's the right answer, keep keep asking questions.
1: That's it. And remember, guys, water just doesn't come from the tap, and food just doesn't come from the shops. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Scott. It's been hundred <laughs> percent.
2: Excellent. Thanks, Tyson.
1: And that concludes another rep of a little bit dusty thanks very much for listening don't forget there's more action over at our instagram as well that's a underscore little bit dusty if you are listening on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us a review as well that way it becomes more available for those who want to listen join me next week because i chat to a good friend of mine about a very important issue and how we can try and tackle it and what issue is that you just have to find out next week